Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I'm so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact. They're inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Zina Musica. Zina is an award-winning, purpose-driven social entrepreneur, teacher, author, executive coach, public speaker, and the publisher of Enliven Books, a new mind-body-spirit imprint from Atria, Simon & Schuster. Her mission is to inspire her audience to uncover their purpose and live in ways that heal themselves and the world. Zina's critically acclaimed book, Life by the Cup, chronicles her experience growing a multi-million dollar fair trade tea company, Zena's Gypsy Tea, as a single mom with six dollars to her name in hopes to inspire others to achieve their most audacious dreams. Life by the Cup is in development for a TV series by Mike Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg's production company. Celebrated for her products and work in conscious business practices, Zena has been on the Inc. 5000 list for several years, has been named a top woman in business by Pacific Business Times, 20 Most Inspiring Women in Coco Eco Magazine, and has received Enterprising Women's Enterprising Women of the Year Award. She's been featured in the New York Times, Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, Marie Claire, Inc., Entrepreneur, and on Bloomberg and Fox News. So welcome to the podcast, Zena. It's wonderful to have you here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We're very aligned in our mission. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm delighted to uh, explore this further with you because uh, I, I know you've been doing some really great work with book publishers, but also in in your own work. So what is it that drew you to create your business now as it in its current form? Oh, well, so I have my corporation is called Concordia Creative and when I was building the tea company, I decided um, to I, I decided to start getting trained as an executive uh, coach and um, life coach and all of that. Not because I wanted to be one, but because I needed the skills for my staff and my teams. And I was, you know, growing rapidly. I hadn't gone to business school, and I thought what are the things that are most important in my life? It's personal growth and global development and equal rights and human rights and so, and the environment. And so I thought, well, I'll get trained, um, to be, um, you know, to have these skills. And, um, then I will also do creative projects and Concordia is, um, harmonizing creativity with ability. So for me, I love creativity and I feel like when we're in our creative space, we are creating a more peaceful world. We are able to find solutions to global issues and personal issues. And so that's really been my focus. And 
when I incorporated, I was still running the tea company, but I thought, um, you know, I was raising a lot of capital and investment um, money usually means that you'll, that the founders won't be there for very long. Um, and I didn't realize that then I, I was pretty naive, but you know, I, I quickly discovered it and, um, uh, the chairman of the board and I, you know, we didn't see eye to eye on a few issues. And although I respect him now, um, you know, I had to leave the tea company after, you know, painstakingly growing it for 13 years. And I thought it was a devastating situation. It was horrible. It was the end of my life. It was the end of my identity. I, I didn't know what I would do. And then um, I was telling my publisher that I was leaving my company because I'd written my book, uh, chronicling my lessons for readers who are inspired to start a, a mission-driven business. And and I thought she would say, oh, this is terrible. You, um, you know, you wrote this book and now you're not there anymore. And instead she said, oh, this is wonderful. I've been trying <laughs> to figure out how to hire you. And I want you to create your own brand of books here at Simon & Schuster. And I was like, this is so funny. I mean, the things we carry around thinking are our biggest uh, faults and problems sometimes can really turn out to be our biggest opportunities. Absolutely. So that really, yeah, it was really, and what they loved was um, my mission. And I've always been mission driven since I was a little girl. I started the first beach cleanup at Halama Beach in California. Um, I started a mural um, program in my town because there were a lot of uh, disenfranchised kids who were, um, you know, tagging buildings. And so I got them involved in culture, their, you know, Hispanic culture and African-American culture and, and making murals out of it. So I always just thought of myself as taking something and um, creating an opportunity out of what looks like a dead end or what looks like a problem. And I think in our country right now, it is the age of the entrepreneur. And, um, and I feel like, uh, you know, being a publisher has been a joy. Um, I started out in writing and wanting to be in publishing, ended up with the tea company to support my son through some major operations when he was born and then became a fair trade activist, worked to end poverty for tea workers globally. And that, that mission is actually what grew the company. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Nobody needed another tea company. But when I explained <laughs> that we were building schools and um, working on fair wages and ending the infant mortality rate that was up around 50% at the time in a lot of these gardens, all the retailers then were like, what? Oh my God, I had no idea. And they jumped on to help. So for your listeners, that's really, really important is, is the mission of a company. Obviously the product has to be great, but the mission is really what inspires people. Well, and, and having clarity about what kind of effect you want to have in the larger world is part of what led you into doing things in a, in a much more substantive and far-reaching way. I mean, it's one thing yeah. to, to sell your product or service. It's another to get involved in related initiatives that support that. I think that. we're born this way. I mean, I, I, I kind of, I mean, I w was born in a family of conservative, like Fox News watching, uh, you know, blue collar, somewhat redneck, you know, even though my grandparents, my grandmother was Ukrainian gypsy. When they got to the U.S., they became very conservative because they had gone through Stalin's um, forced famines yeah. and the Ukraine. And then they walked to Germany thinking Hitler would be more, um, I don't know, they, they had propaganda that he needed workers. And so they walked to Germany and 
were swiftly placed in concentration camps and they survived and then they got here. So, so I think one of the things that they infused in me was a sense of duty to my work and doing the right thing because they had survived so much. I thought, my God, if they could survive that, like I pretty much need to do something, (laughs) you know, and I need to be a positive influence in the world because if there's this much darkness, we have got, I, I have to be part of the solution. And so I do think that we are born this way. All of us have a seed of purpose inside of us. And as soon as something, a life experience triggers it, it starts to grow. Mm-hmm. And that's really what happened when my son had his birth defect and, and his father wasn't financially present. And I was 24 years old. I had, well, I had him the day after my 25th birthday. And all of a sudden I had a little boy who needed life-saving operations and I was at a loss, had no resources. And, um, and that was my, as, as they say in the films, my inciting incident that really spurred me to discover that other women all over the world were experiencing what I was experiencing, but they didn't have the state of California um, financial assistance for new mothers, which I was able to receive to save Sage's life. But these other countries, they don't have it. Mm. And, and as soon as I discovered that, and I wrote about this in my book, Life by the Cup, as soon as I discovered, oh my God, these women don't have an advocate and their children are dying and they don't know what's ha- what, how to help or fix it. And they don't have the resources or the access to me. That was like game on. I'm fixing it you know, get out of my way. And that, that gave me a serious, serious, like fury and, and desire to succeed. Well, um, yeah, you've, you've really, um, developed that over your lifetime is, is one of the things that I've been talking with people about, uh, in this podcast, and you've touched on it already is that I believe that impact the positive contribution you make is so much fueled and informed by the things that you value, the things that you hold dear. And that determines our actions, whether we're conscious about them or not. But uh, could you talk a little bit about how you've infused your values into your business and, and how? Absolutely. I mean, the, at Simon and Schuster, like my, my imprint is called enliven and we're a mission driven imprint. So everybody on my list, all my authors, they're all on a mission to uplift humanity. I call us the instigators of soulful exchange, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> like we're, we're creating content, um, you know, with the, with the desire and intention to uplift and to help and to educate and to inspire. And so I think one of the things that, um, that I value most is, you know, I have a purpose. I know what my purpose is. And it, it was in one of those, uh, life coach trainings. I, I was, um, in with a woman named Marsha Weeder. She used to have Mm -hmm. a, um, she used to have a, a dream university to become a dream coach. And I met her through, I'm part of the transformational leadership council with Jack Cadenfeld and everyone. And mm-hmm. I met her through that and I took this training and I realized, Oh my God, I couldn't even articulate my purpose. And I was, it was toward the end of my tenure at the tea company. And I was like, Holy cow, how is it? I don't know my purpose. Like I want to do everything. I just want to fix everything. Like what is it? And then at the end of the day, I realized my purpose is to inspire. If I'm inspiring people that I'm, I'm lighting, I'm watering the seed inside of their hearts for their purpose. So, so I just, as long as I'm inspiring people, 
I realize I am happy. I'm on purpose. I'm in my purpose. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm joyful. And even in times like this, with this political turmoil we've been going through, and I mean, the devastation I felt um, over the election and just the just absolute, like I'd been, you know, my heart had been bombed. I, I couldn't understand it. And then I realized, okay, I need to be inspiring in this situation because if I'm just depressed and I'm feeling, you know, the, the negativity and I'm, I'm wallowing in, in self-pity and sorrow and worry, like I'm not on purpose. I'm not doing my job. And so I, I decided yesterday I did a Facebook live where, you know, I let myself cry. I let myself talk about what was really going on for me. And, and, you know, and, and it inspired a lot of people to make amends with their parents who were Trump voters or Mm -hmm. people who were in their family who were Trump voters who they couldn't reconcile with. And I just thought, you know, my dad was so embarrassed. He's like, what are you doing? You're crying on Facebook. People think of you as a leader. Don't, don't show them your weakness. And I thought, daddy, I said, dad, I got this. I got this one. (laughs) If I'm inspiring other people, I'm on purpose and that's great. And that's my value. Hmm. I want to inspire people to buy fair trade products because it ends poverty for workers globally. I want to inspire people to, to ban, you know, to help me ban GMOs and I want to inspire people to help me end um, pesticide use because it's creating such intense cancers all over the world. Like, if I'm not inspiring people to do it, then I'm preaching at them. And my values then become an us and them. It almost becomes like an ethos that other people can't join. But if I'm doing it in an inspiring way, then they want to join. Yeah. For their reasons. Absolutely. Because we all, at the end of the day, share the most basic values, and that is to live in peace, to have enough food for our families, and to and to raise our children and, you know, be sources of comfort and joy for others. I mean, at the end of the day, everywhere I've traveled all over the world working for the tea company and then working with Enliven and, and doing my coaching and consulting and doing events and speaking, everyone wants the same thing. They, they just want to have their basic needs met by, you know, a, a fair enough job. People want to work for what they have, I've discovered, and they want to have a sense of pride and a sense of, of dignity. And we just have to do whatever it takes to help infuse that in others. And everyone wants the same thing. We're all basically at the very core of our being. You know, we just want to live in a peaceful world. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there are people out there that don't want to live in a peaceful world because whatever they have, you know, extremist points of view. But I think for the most part, 99% of us want, want the same thing. Yeah. Well, this kind of ties in with, um, how you, how you impact the world and, and people who are connected with your business. So can you talk a bit about how you see the impact of the work that you're doing now with Concordia Creative and, and with your imprint? Yeah, I, I, well, I do a lot of public speaking and I basically get people laughing really hard over all my stupid mistakes I've made. (laughs) Um, and then, uh, and then I, I let them in on all the secrets and, um, I did that with my book. I have 17, um, really solid lessons that are, you know, first is pain is the messenger of change and, um, how to deal with pain, um, where I teach them my meditation techniques. And then the second chapter is really the one that tends to get the most attention, which is, um, how to ask for help. And that chapter is called pride can't feed a baby because I was starving 
and I needed to ask somebody for food. And for a pr- proud woman, that's that's really not not <laughs> something I was expecting to have to do in my life. But um, I I think that in my business, what happened was I was selling a product, I was selling tea, then all of a sudden I was selling my ideas and I was selling me, and that was really scary. I was mm-hmm. like, who am I? Like, it's a big what shift. am I? It's a huge shift. It's terrifying. And I was like, I had a lot of things thinking like, well, who am I? Honestly, who am I to give advice? I, you know, I just left my company. I'm, I'm not successful if I left my company. It just so happens that's normal, but I didn't know that. And I was just thinking like, who, who am I and how am I going to teach anybody anything? And then I started really thinking through it and I started thinking, you know what? I built a multi-million dollar business and I had $6 the day I started <laughs> and it was a single mom and had no health insurance and I couldn't get Sage health insurance because births affix were pres- considered pre-existing conditions. Mm. I mean, so yeah. help me God. And I was like, okay, so I do have something to teach people because I muscled my way through it. Now, what was that? How did I do it? <laughs> you know, and I started thinking like, And then I was, before I started writing the book, I was thinking, I really don't know how I did it. I better figure that out because that could be solid gold for others and help save them time and money. And so it was really that kind of dedication to go, okay, I've got to, I've got to save other people heartache and strife and trouble and and problems by giving them every single thing I learned. And so that, that informed my next move. And as soon as I got into that phase, it wasn't about selling me anymore. It was about giving a gift of understanding and healing and, and know how to people who were probably in the same boat or, you know, in a better situation, but still, still lost. So that's, that's really how everything informs what I do with my publishing house. You know, I, I really am focused on creating inspiring books that really help humanity. Um, my, my consulting with, um, executives, you know, I'm branding right now, a really fabulous adventure camp, um, and helping with that. And I'm doing things that every single thing I touch and do is, is going to inspire more light and more positivity in the world. That's all I'll focus on. (laughs) And that happens to be really profitable. Yeah. It happens. It happens to be that that train of thought and that way of thinking happens to inspire people to give you business. And when it's sincere and you know, and it also helps separate you out from, you know, clients and people you really shouldn't be working with. Because if somebody doesn't have the same value set that you have, it's a lot easier to um, weed out um, business that you should be saying no to. And a lot of us think, oh, business, like, you know, how will I get enough business? It's like, no, no, how will you get the right business? Because the right business will multiply itself. Business that you're compromising your values over will absolutely demean and drain you. Absolutely. And that's why it's such a clarifying central focus that you can use to make decisions in your business, which it sounds like you you were doing in an ongoing basis and creating a variety of things in, in seemingly not 
related to each other, but yet they have this this stream of uh, connection. In them. Well, tea tea was my hobby. My grandmother from the Ukraine taught me how to blend teas together and herbs and things from the yard. She was a medicine woman, so that was my hobby. And when I needed to make money, I the only thing I could think of was I had dry dry things in my yard. You know, I could dry herbs and flowers and make blends and sell them. You know, to all the stores locally. And I I had a vision of having belly dancing tea parties because I thought that would be fun. (laughs) And that really exploded. I mean, everybody thought I was absolutely out of my mind and, you know, I was, but I was at my wit's end. So, um, that absolutely took off. And so one of the things too, with a lot of, a lot of your listeners, you know, it's look at, look at what makes you feel alive. And oftentimes our values make us feel alive because they matter and they give others, you know, the, the decency of, of your brightness. And, and so I think that's really, you know, it it is a litmus test for everybody. And I believe values-based businesses, there won't be any others moving forward because we're in the age of transparency. I mean, look what happened with Hillary and her damn emails with WikiLeaks. It's like, we know everything that happened now. If you read all of that stuff, we know she wasn't being as transparent as she could have been. And that is, that was obviously unforgivable for people. And now Donald Trump, who's a blundering idiot in most of our points of view, he was just himself, even though he was belligerent and, you know, it's like, it's like, this is the age of transparency. You can't hide anything anymore. And in business, it's the same as in politics. Everyone, you will get hacked. You will, you will, there will be a way that you get, you know, something will get found out or something will. And, you know, the values of the millennials and the futures, they value transparency above all. I've interviewed hundreds of them. I've coached many of them and they transparency is where it's at. Be honest. And that could mean be honest about your views that are against the grain, but it's, it's really transparency, I believe is the value of how we will succeed moving forward. Well, and, and honesty and authenticity and gender trust, and that's what the basis absolutely. of these relationships are. So, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And gender trust, that is key. I really dealt with a lot of sexism, you know, over the years, I'll tell you the grocery industry. It wasn't until I started meeting, I, I could almost call them the single moms club. There were a lot of single moms in, in uh, buying positions for major chains, which was just, I, I think, very lucky at the time for me. And they, as soon as they saw what I was going through with my son and how I was trying to help the world by helping mothers, they were like, okay, how much shelf space do you need? I'm in. Like, you don't have to twist my arm. Like, all you need to do is just be you. And that's really um, a lot of people. And then the guys would be like, oh, you don't know what you're doing or blah, blah, blah. And after I hit my first million in revenue and was inching up towards six, um, it was like all of a sudden they were like, whoa, where'd she come from? (laughs) Like, nobody took me seriously. But we absolutely, women are definitely the future is female. Absolutely. And I love my husband and I love my son and... I, I absolutely believe the future is female. There are powerhouse women entrepreneurs out there and women leaders of all kinds. I mean, we're we're all leaders potentially in our own way. So yeah, I agree. Well, and it, we have to embrace our femininity because we are so powerful when we are in our feminine space because we have intuition that is gold. I mean, pure, pure gold. And moving toward those fabulous ideas that are going to take off and grow your business, that comes from that comes from intuition. That comes from 
uh, emotion. And, you know, if we try to tamp down our emotions, we stop being ourselves. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're not coming up with brilliant ideas anymore. So like my next book is called Love in Detail. And everybody's like, oh my God, you're writing a spirituality book. And I'm like, yeah, I said, but it's more like boogers and spirituality. I'm like, it's more like <laughs> reality. It's like my, you know, it opens with a scene with me sitting to try to meditate. My daughter has used like one of the cushions on the couch as a, she blew her nose on it basically. And I'm like <laughs> sitting there and I'm staring at it and I'm going, okay, I can either sit down and meditate. I can get up and clean this, but I know that's going to send me off. And it's just like, this is reality. We're trying to get our meditations in <laughs> while we're trying to teach our kids manners, while right. we're trying to run businesses, while we're trying to, you know, keep relationships going, while we're trying to be involved civically. It's just like, it's a lot. It like, is. It's a lot. So I, I'm funny in it and I cuss in it. And my agent, I sent it to him and I said, hey, you know, this might be just too over the top. And he wrote me back and he said, I'm laughing my ass off. I love it. He's <laughs> like, this is so refreshing because, you know, it's not polished, perfect spirituality. It's real life. And so I think everyone, you know, I tell everyone, if you want to save the world, claim your voice. Learn how, learn what your voice is and then use it. That will save the world. Just be yourself. Well, one of the things that I think we deal with when we're, I mean, you obviously are so engaged with what you're doing that we get so caught up in it and we end up working a lot and it can kind of throw oh, the I harmony off. Yeah. So oh, how I've, do you, how do you, yeah. how do you manage your self-care and all that? What are the practices that are most important to you and help you maintain some harmony there in your life? Well, it's not easy. I'm going to just be honest. And balance looks different every day for me. Um, but there is power in having a routine, which I really don't like routines. I am not the type of person that likes to have like at eight o'clock, we do this at nine o'clock. We do that. Like that makes me want to just like scream and run away. Um, but my routine is I wake up, I have my cup of tea because I think tea is very sacred. And I, Usually during the election, I definitely got on the news and social media before I did my meditation, which I am a huge like advocate of not doing that. But I absolutely failed on that because I was involved with the with the politics. I needed to know. Um, so I lost my balance around that. And then what I ended up needing to do is I, I upped my meditation practice in the afternoons. But meditation for me is absolutely at the core of everything. If I don't meditate, I am a basket case and everybody notices. Um, meditation is truly where it's at for me. And so I do 20 minutes every morning and 20 minutes in the evening, not like, you know, before I do it before dinner. I'm, I've been doing TM for the last six months, but before that I was doing Vipassana. Um, and, uh, the TM has been good for me cause it's really easy and Vipassana is a little bit more rigorous. Um, but the TM has just opened up my creativity. It's, it's let me have, um, much more. It's the, the power of it is more, it's, it's more restful than sleep. And so I find, um, it actually puts you, it gives you more mental ease and rest than, um, REM, which is crazy. Um, so I, I think that that's really my self-care. If I'm not meditating, everything else doesn't work. There's, I, I usually tell my students and, and, you know, people that it's almost like, um, it's almost like it creates spaciousness. It creates a distance between me and my to-do list. It, um, gives me a reprieve and it also 
allows me to become more creative in how I'm going to do things. Like I'll be challenged with something like, oh my gosh, I'm editing books now and also coming up with marketing plans for books. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, the new industry, new everything. Am I doing it right? Am I letting anyone down? What? How do I need to do this? And then I'll meditate. And then these intuitions come through that are wonderful and liberating. And um, so meditation is where it's at for me. I bought a really cool fit desk. It's a bicycle desk. Um, and because I'm on a computer so much now editing books and so a fit desk, it's like under 300 bucks. That's been the best purchase of, of mine in years. Um, I use it every day. Um, I lost eight pounds of fat, built eight pounds of muscle while sitting, editing books and doing my job. That's great. So that is, that is a self-care thing because, and that's more of a realistic self-care thing where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be on a desk forever. Like I, I, I'm just going to have to do something. So I did that. Um, I spend a lot of time in nature. I'm a nature baby. Um, I have an acre of organic gardens, um, at my house and that's been really important for me. I, I see flowers and roses and green all the time. I feed my plants, I compost, I, I do that. So yeah, so nature, meditation, and um, some form of exercise. That's great. Well, uh, you've talked uh, quite a bit about um, the obstacles that you've gone through, which I, I, re- I know people really appreciate hearing because it's not, <laughs> it's not the simple matter of, oh yeah, I grew a $6 million business and everything went great. And you, you're really have been sharing some of the ways you've moved through those. So could you share with us, um, if you, if you had to give one piece of advice or an insight that you've obtained through that whole process in having the impact that you have, what would you share with somebody else about who's asking themselves, how can I have impact? How can I make a positive contribution? Well, I really, Oh, just one piece of advice. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> you can, um, you can, you can I add think... more. Yeah, no, I, I think if I were to give them one piece of advice, it would be to build a really strong support system, um, around them. So I had mentors early on. I found after I learned to ask for help, um, which was painstaking, um, I, um, then went to, um, an organization, a nonprofit called score.org. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, they've done workshops for them. Oh yeah. And they, they match mentors with, um, young entrepreneurs and, um, and new entrepreneurs. And I, uh, got a mentor, um, who his name was Jim Wolf and he had been the CEO of balance bar and I lucked out with him and it wasn't like I needed much of his time or energy, but I would buy him lunch once a month and he'd go through my business plan and he'd really help me. And then now Judith is my boss, my publisher, and also my, I call her my queen. She's the head of um, Atriet, Simon and Schuster, and she's been mentoring me and helping me. And she's, I mean, honestly, I, I tell her a lot. I, I could never work for anyone, but I want to work for you. I mean, she, she I'm so dedicated to her. And so I, I really find that the support system, I have really, I really had to clean house with my social circle. Um, you know, especially after Sage's birth defect and everything. Cause I was, um, you know, I, I, I didn't have time to talk about small piddly stuff you know, I had to really be focused on what mattered because I, I was dealing with life and death every day with my son. Um, so I, I find that, you know, by surrounding myself with people who are, 
um, smarter than me, who have been there, who I admire, who, um, you know, Gerard and I, we used to have a lot of friends that partied a lot. And, um, when we first met, you know, he was in Venice beach and I was in Ojai and, you know, there was lots of, you know, he, all of his friends were still bachelors and he was like getting serious with me. And, and then I started taking him to things like the transformational leadership council and association of transformational leaders. And he was like, Whoa. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, you've got to upgrade the vibration of everyone around you. If you want to succeed, you know, and, and it's not that we leave people behind and we still love them, but you know, we have to, we have to really be careful about who we surround ourselves with. Um, there's a scientific, uh, term called coontogenic structural coupling. I know it's crazy, but what it means is, is that when within 30 minutes of being in the same room as somebody else, our cells start to actually mimic theirs and vibrate at the same speed. You know, we're 75% dark matter. We're not, we're not solid. And so if we're, if we're with a group of people who are negative or who are not seeing solutions or not solution centric, um, or if they're, you know, pissed off about the state of the world, which it's easy to be, you know, we're going to end up being that way. If we're around people who don't really believe businesses can succeed or that they can succeed, you know, all of that's going to rub off on us. So I would say if one piece of advice is to really examine who you spend your time with and to really be mindful and intentional about who you, who you have in your inner circle. Yeah, I think that's so important because we're, whether we want to be or not, we're definitely influenced by the people around oh, us. And so much. Yeah. And if you can be inspired by them and, and uh, seek solutions instead of lapsing into complaining, for example, it's so absolutely, valuable. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, solution focused people are those who will, you know, inspire you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, my mentor is gay and Katie Hendricks. I mean, gay has written 45 books. He does a book a year. Amazing. They, um, I'm going to be with them tonight and um, they adopted me as their spiritual goddaughter, which is like a dream come true. But one of the things about them is like, I can, I mean, the night of the election, I called them and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, what am I going to do? What are we going to do? Oh my God. You know, it was like, I couldn't think of who to call, you know, and I was able to call them and, you know, and, and, uh, gay talked me off the wall and then, you know, everything was somewhat better, but you know, if I didn't have them, I also probably wouldn't be married so successfully because mm-hmm. they've taught me a lot about just through their example about how they treat each other and speak to one another. It really, they're the real deal. And it really inspires me to know how to do things because I've never had an example. Before. Well, they're a remarkable couple. I interviewed Katie for the podcast and she was Aww. just such clarity in her vision and her in her thoughts She's around spectacular yeah, I'll, I'll let her i'll tell her you said hi yeah I'll please do having dinner tonight yeah, yeah. i love that <laughs> Well, uh, Zena, you just spoke in such an inspiring way. I'll use that word because it's yeah. true of, of all <laughs> the things that you're doing in, in different aspects of your business and, and the adventure camp and uh, all the free trade, fair trade work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you, you really are uh, part of this movement of instigators of soulful change, as you put it. So, uh, <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing that and for sharing thank your you. experiences and how you've been able to move through them so well. Uh, I, I know that'll be inspiring for people to hear. Great. Thank you so much for all the work you do. And I look forward to, um, oh, and if anybody wants to buy the book, it's Life by the Cup and they can buy it online anywhere. And it's in paperback now. So it's really inexpensive. And I'm not a big self promoter, but 
there are a lot of good exercises and tips in there if you're feeling lost. And, and awesome. um, I think it's really a good guide. So lots of love to you. And thank you so much. Thank you. And Take if care. You, thank you. You too. Uh, and thank you for the work you're doing in the world. It's, it's powerful stuff. Thank so. You. So join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.